Hey gang, Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is supported by Patreon. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Pablo Corden, Jordan Ferguson, Ashley Martinez, Matthew Bang, Dan Reed, Bradford N. Smith, Jade Cor, Paige May, Samuel Chesser, Wynn Richport, Alicia Harper, Gabriel Pezek, Toge, Sarah Thal, Sebastian Sawyer, Shane Lee Miller, Cody Old, and Dan Farrell for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those two Scooby-Doo absolutely, or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Amelia. And I'm your host, Billy. And we're watching nothing, because it's the Be Cool Scooby-Doo Season 1 stack count. once again and prepare for a fucking nightmare because Billy was the one that took the fucking notes and he wrote them in hieroglyphics. I didn't write them in hieroglyphics. It's just that where you normally put it together in sort of a script format that is, you know, readable, readable, good to read out for a podcast. I chose a slightly different Excel document format. So, hey, it helped for my conversions. I got my formulas running in Excel there. But I understand why that might not be best for you right now. But in my defense, I also thought that I would be the one doing the majority of the talking through this. I I just want to point out some of the things that Billy has written down on this note sheet. Yes. Fred dash 19.3 dash I, 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 X, 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 one third X. I know. How am I supposed to read that? Uh, what does that mean? Well, you know, that you know, Fred. What does this you've, mean wait, down wait, no, here? I can you through this. Where you've crossed shit out that you've written instead of just erasing it. Well, because I, for, sci- for scientific research, I wanted to show that I. Why is everything? double-spaced! I'm losing the space- my mind! <laughs> okay, this, the spacing is not on me. The spacing is because you sent me a Word document and I only work in Google Docs. I blame that entirely on conversion. I I didn't know. It bothered me, the spacing, to be quite honest, because now I'm, like, scrolling, scrolling twice as much as I'm watching the episodes, desperately trying to get this information down, and I'm like, no, I must scroll! I must scroll through it right now! And then I get the pop-up being like, oh, we didn't save any of your changes. Would you like to reload? And I'm like, no! Just save it! You know that if you hold down shift when you hit enter, it only does a one space, right? But should I, I, I don't know, who has time for two keys? There's, there's a Scooby-Doo stack count to get going on. Who has time to write out their notes in hieroglyphics? A dead image-based <laughs> language. Which you are p- pulling out of nowhere! Yeah. I didn't write it in the images! There's birds all through this. <laughs> oh, that, those are Twitter links. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. As, you know, if you've forgotten who we were and the amount of time it's taken me to do this, we are Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts, and this is our stat count for Season 1 of Be Cool Scooby-Doo. For those of you who have never heard a stat count before, 
<laughs> well, get ready for some stats, because that's what we're counting. It's things that happened throughout this season. We do, you know, little recurring motifs, things that we just said, wow, that happened a lot. I wonder how many times it happened. And then also things like property damage, things that the gang broke during their adventures, and distance traveled. Because they travel a whole heck of a bunch. A whole heck of a bunch. A whole heck. <clears throat> now, I normally do the stack counts, but there have been two series that I have refused to rewatch. Yes. And one of those was Shaggy and Scooby-Doo Get a Clue, and now it's Be Cool. Now, and I found this fascinating, because Shaggy and Scooby-Doo Get a Clue was very much its own series. So I was free to do whatever bullshit I wanted there. But be cool Scooby-Doo, you know, for love it or hate it, it follows a standard Scooby-Doo formula of a mystery show. So I had to be more on the ball. Boy, that's tough. Isn't it, though? It's real. How do you do this? I do it at 1.5 speed. I don't understand that at all. Because I got other shit to do in the day. I have all your other emotional labor to do. <laughs> I gotta get through it quick, man. It took you four hours to get through two episodes the other day. They're a half hour each? They're 22 I, minutes I, each. You should be able to get through just under three uh, in an hour. Amelia, I take commercial breaks. I, I, you know, I pause the video, I go outside, and I try and take in as many advertisements as I can. And, and in this I... time of quarantine, it's the bus <laughs> ad <laughs> that's at the yeah, bus stop I'm, outside I'm our sitting, apartment. Yeah, I'm sitting at the bus stop, and the bus drives by, and they're like, would you like to come on, good sir? And I... <laughs> 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 no, they're not. <laughs> what sort of 1950s world am I living in? All right, let's get into this. Be cool. As an overview. Yes. This was a 26-episode season. Much to my chagrin. I did have to rewatch a few of them at the beginning because Billy was redoing another edit on his Dalek book. Uh, so that was not fun. Yeah. So I think we split it up actually pretty, well, not evenly, but pretty well. The amount I think of you pain did, that yeah, it cost me to rewatch it. The pain was it. even. <laughs> I think you did more than your fair share here. And I formally thank you for it. I had to rewatch. All the new Scooby-Doo movies when we watch that bullshit. I've done more than my fair How share, sir. How the hell did we do the Richie Rich Hour? Do you remember that? Of the stats of that? Yeah. I think most of it was like, what the fuck is happening? And that was the whole stack out. Okay. You Wild could go back times. at any time and re-listen to those episodes, you know. I very, I probably would have helped me when I'm doing this stack count. If I had taken like one hour to listen to an old one. But I'll tell you what we both rewatched. It was Be Cool Scooby-Doo. Uh, we've now finished that first season. What do you think about it overall? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> what do I think about it overall? I mean, if you've listened to the episodes leading up to the stack count, you know I've been pretty vitrolic about it. But honestly, like, it's just forgettable tripe that I want to get through at right. this very moment. Because after we get through Be Cool... We get to do other stuff that we've not seen. Yes. You know, like we've we stopped Scooby Doo a quarter of the way into Be Cool season one because we decided we were going to do. We're going to start a podcast. podcast. So now everything beyond this point should be new, and I want that. 
Even though I know there's a season two coming up. Yeah. And there's 26 fucking episodes in that season It's a too. long season. Like, that's what I'm going to comment on. It is a long season. And I don't know if it's particularly longer than previous series have been. But I don't know. We're at, we're at the point of history where I think 22 episode seasons are getting to be a 26. 26. 26 episode seasons are getting to be a bit much. All at once, it is too much. Like, even in Mystery Incorporated, my favorite Scooby-Doo series, mm-hmm. there are filler episodes you can cut out. Very like, much so. Like, that Stand and Deliver one, that's like the Jack's Boy. tattoos of Mystery Incorporated. I wish there was a podcast that would tell you which episodes that you should watch and which episodes that you shouldn't watch. I would listen to that podcast. Right? It'd be so helpful. And if they could name it Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. Yeah. Oh, there's an Australian there's podcast There's actually another podcast that. called that! I forgot! I was talking about our own show, but I, I forgot there was another one. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, here, here's my controversial thought. I think Be Cool Scooby-Doo Season 1 got better as it went on. I was looking at my top episodes and my bottom episodes. My bottom episodes are all kind of near the beginning, and my top episodes come near the top. Or the end, as a normal person might say. Well, that's, that's very good for you. It's yeah. not for me. Oh, no. Well, I mean, that's a stat that we normally talk about. What were your top and bottom episodes? My top episodes, top was Into the Mouth of Madcap, mm-hmm. because that was the only villain that was at all had any scariness to it. This was a clown that was just murdering children. I can get behind that. The next two are flippable, no particular order, Scream Madonna and I Scooby Dooby Doo, and it's mostly because the two female ghosts are, like, identical in design, and right. I just like the withered female ghost look. Mm-hmm. You're, in, you're into a gaunt lady. Yeah. That's your type. Uh, well, my, my top three, we do have some crossover. I included Into the Mouth of Madcap in my episodes. I think that was just a very good episode. But as I said when we watched it, my top episode is the Norse case scenario. Which I still don't understand why. Something hit me with it. I just, I really liked those Vikings. It Everything felt like it gelled pretty well there for me. Uh, and also in my top three, Scary Christmas. I like the way that everything comes together with the sleigh at the end. You know, God help me, the orphans joke was funny. And... <laughs> Holiday Lust for Life! My god! Yeah, favorite soundtrack moment in all of season one. Holiday Lust for Life. Get me a mashup where we get, get Iggy back on that. What about the bottom three, though? Alright, bottom three. Top one, absolutely. Where there's a will, there's a wraith. Why did you do that to my boys, the Gackling Green Ghosts? Why would you do that? John Colton Barry, why would you do that? You ruined them. Did he specifically write that episode? I don't care. Okay. I'm blaming you, John. I know you're listening because you've been trying to provoke me on Twitter for weeks now. <laughs> I don't know why he's picking that fight. All right, what are your other two bottom episodes? Uh, Giant Problems, because it was just stupid, and Game of Chicken, because it was extra stupid. Okay. You see, mine are different here. My top bottom episode is actually Mystery 101, because it didn't feel like what you should start on. It started with a bad taste in my mouth. 
So I, and I feel like Daphne with the puppets was one of the most blatant in your face. Daphne's a kooky weirdo episodes. And to have that right at the front was very jarring. I'm also going to go with Be Quiet, Scooby-Doo. Yes, that one is highly annoying. I considered that one. It was it was frustrating to watch. That they could have had a totally silent episode, but then they just did the speaking in their own heads. And they destroyed that beautiful natural cavern at the end. <laughs> it just wasn't necessary. And then also, I'm putting where there's a will, there's a wraith on there. Thank you for finally agreeing with me on something. You're welcome. (laughs) Jesus, it took you long enough. For for me, the reason I'm putting that episode in my bottom three was what it did for Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo is a dog who always steps up when it's really necessary. Here, it just had him be a coward forever. And, like, let, let the boy have a positive trait. (laughs) But that's it for opinions. Let's get into cold, hard facts. Mm -hmm. Where we collect up everything you need to know about the tropes of this particular series. It's basic stats. Yeah, so that you can go to the water cooler in your own home and Zoom a co-worker and (laughs) tell them all about the facts and figures of Be Cool Scooby-Doo. Our first stat here is the villains. We've separated the villains between male and female. And somehow we always end up with more villains than is possible given the number of episodes. Because I've noticed here... A lot of villains like to collaborate. I've noticed here it is 24 male villains and 10 female villains. 34 villains in 26 episodes. Alright, who are these male villains? Well, we've got Mitchell and Joe, Chuck... Thorn, Dustin Walreath, Colson McCready, Bradwick Haverall, Jasper Crawl, Jack Howard, General Stahl, David and Alistair, Steel and Stan, Warden Bowman, Ed Johnson, Piero, Dwayne, Colin McQuaid, Farmer Jonathan, Farmer Tom, Gustavo, Whoopsie the Clown, Ranger Mark and Donald, and Dayton Knight. As opposed to only 10 female villains, Delilah, Carly, Professor Salazar, Mallory O'Neill, Ruby and Trudy Lutz, Heidi Ho Swift, Nate and Katie's mothers, Nate and Kimmy's mothers, and Edith. We've never had a series with full gender parity. This one, about two-thirds male, one-third female... It's pretty on course for Scooby-Doo, if we're being honest. Wasn't Mystery Incorporated pretty evenly split? It got better. So this is a, you know, it's a downward slide from that, but it's still, this is still never a stat that Scooby-Doo does well on. More female Scooby-Doo villains. (laughs) They're always so cute and badass. Remember Aphrodite? Aphrodite ruled. Like, she made that town fuck themselves to death. That is where <laughs> that is where it was headed if Mystery now, Incorporated had not stepped in. For, for me, the pinnacle female villain is old Iron Face. Because she was unexpected. <laughs> Who catches these villains, though, Amelia? Amelia, the villains are out there and I need <laughs> someone to catch them. Well, here we go. Um, you didn't sort them. Like I normally sort them. We usually 
do it from most times caught to least count to least caught, uh, meaning, you know, like if Fred caught it seven times and Daphne caught it five, we'd talk about Fred and then Daphne. And yet here, I'm looking at it, yeah. Billy. So these are organized. Not correct. Th- the way that this is organized is by first occurrence. So the first one here is it would be the first time they were caught. And then the, every time I added someone new to the list, I would add them to the list at the bottom. This is not a bizarre way to create lists in my mind. No, but you didn't take any time afterwards to sort I did it into not. anything. You are correct. Into anything fun to list out the for po- our audience. The polish wasn't there. That's, you know, you. I'm a blunt instrument. And yet I make 77 cents to your dollar. Amazing. Happenstance catches the villain six times. Cheese only catches the villain once. Scooby does it once. A trap does it six times. Velma does it once. Fred does it three times. As does Shaggy. Scooby does oh, it. Oh, Scooby's listed again. Scooby, yep. Dumbass. Scooby does it once again. So Scooby's up to two. Daphne sits at four. Now, admittedly, I didn't write any last names, so that might have been that Scooby Dumb came in and did it. Uh, the Mystery Machine catches two villains. And Chomps does it once. Yes. The only memorable character of this series, Chomps the wall-eyed alligator of New Orleans. Now, the way that I've written out who unmasked the villain? Yeah, this is controversial, I understand. I'm going to post an image of this to our Twitter. <laughs> it's hideous. So, so uh, you started out by marking an I every time that one of them caught the villain at the end of the episode. Yes, a capital I, like I am making a tick. Yeah, I used X's. That's not how you measure anything. I did that, spe- well, you cross it out for each time. I wanted to show... The work that you did versus the work that I did, so I wasn't just claiming responsibility for your work. And I did it for each time at the end of the episode. Who did that big unmask? Okay, so please explain to me why Fred is sitting at 19.3 unmaskings. That is the Vikings. There were three Vikings. Fred, Velma, and Daphne each took off a mask. So that's one-third of an unmasking. Why are you counting the Vikings as one globular <laughs> being? It was not a Hydra Viking. Because I didn't because distinguish you like to... separate villains earlier in the season. You wanted to complicate things further? <laughs> no, it, it was really an admission of a mistake. That I, w- I didn't, you know, when it was the twins... I only marked down that, I marked down one mark for that, and it should have been two, and I had no way of going back and checking them without re-watching the episodes. And it's already been like four weeks since we last put out an episode, so... What about clicking on the episode and going to its last 30 seconds when unmaskings always happen? That is a good idea, and it's probably something I'll need to do, because to be honest, Amelia... I added up these total numbers, and it totals 25. And there are 26 episodes. So the Who Unmasked the Villain stat is a bit of an issue for me right now. Mm-hmm. Velma sits at 4.3, Daphne at 0.3, and the Mystery Machine at 1. 
Yes. But could alternatively be classed as Fred. Fred was driving the mystery machine at the time. So he ran the villain down and the mask just no. came off? No, if you'll recall, at one point the mystery machine was a super mech. So it, <laughs> it did have hands for which to unmask a villain. I prefer mine, where Fred just commits vehicular manslaughter <laughs> because he's in a hurry. I will also note, <laughs> the mystery machine does have an automatic unmasker, but it, Fred did not use that. Fred used instead hands. How many times does Velma lose her glasses? This no is a standard trope. None. Zero times. And in fact, the only time the potential for an issue with this is even mentioned is how Nate's mother can't see without her glasses. I had my ears open for that particular phrase for can't see without her glasses. Velma didn't even come in for a fist bump and a hashtag no. same. These could be clear glass, for all I know. I don't know that Velma needs these glasses. Are who, we who even is Velma anymore? She might as well get LASIK eye surgery, for <laughs> Christ's sake. Were there traps in this season? Uh, seemingly a few. None of them look great, though. Well, let's, let's read them out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write them. Let's not! <laughs> Let's not read them out. Cool. Audience guess. A Zatari Caverns booby trap. A giant crane arm. A net four times. Some birds and a tripwire. Sandbags. Automatic trap and unmasker on the van. A painting. A pile of boxes, a shelf, and barbed wire. A silo. A mausoleum? Is that that word? Yes. Is that what you were going for? Yep. A mausoleum, and I will note that this was a trap from El Bandito that the gang themselves were trapped in. Um, shout out to a Mexican listener of ours that pointed out that El Bandito is a stupid way of saying that. <laughs> FYI. Should be El Bandito with a D. Instead, this is spelled more like the Frito Bandito. Yeah, the racist way. <laughs> So remember when we said we weren't quite sure if this if this trip south of the border tipped into racist territory? That I'm it, just gonna can, go ahead. We can tip that tip hand. Tip that scale. Well, there's also a large decoration of El Bandito that was used as a trap. And a gauntlet of logs, rocks, nets, trip wires, pits, pendulums, and pressure plates. How do you build a pressure plate in the woods? I don't have time to figure it out. Moving on. Fred got crazy in the woods. Was there any body horror? We're getting less body horror as the years go on, but you seem to have found some. Well, there is both General Stahl's body in the alien costume, because that must be squeezed right in there. It, it almost feels like an homage to that episode where Velma and Fred show up in the Daphne-only years. Right. Where they're in alien costumes, and it's like they, they have removed their pelvises to fit into these costumes. I'll also give a shout out to the Joker as the Dryad. That's the first time I remember skinny legs in Scooby-Doo. Uh, also, I wrote, Shaggy's losing his teeth to an airline seat. That airline seat just, like, the posture pedics his ass and knocks out all his teeth. I don't remember that, but probably for good reason. Now, disguise is worn. This is the stat where I crossed some out. Instead Be of just deleting it. Because, well, I wanted to, to discuss this. It's not simply disguises that are used anytime. Anytime they're wearing disguises as bait, that doesn't count. This is supposed to be disguises that they wore 
as subterfuge to get away from the villain. What? I I have counted any disguise ever that they've gotten into. Then we did it differently. And here they are. Sitcom characters. An umpire. An army outfit. A duck in a pond. A mother changing a dirty diaper. Panther inspectors. Infomercial pitchmen. Hungry prisoners. Bracket. But picky eaters. Close bracket. Dixieland jazz band musicians. Disney musical characters. Cowardly Lion and Tin Man, Flying Monkey, Wicked Witch and Dorothy. Doctor and Nurse. Magician and Assistant. Hipster guitarist and big-time record exec slash disruptive girlfriend. Professor and student. And then crossed out here, you have electrical engineers slash mechanics and factory workers on the assembly line. Because those were costumes used as bait. And How I've... is that different from a disguise? Well... They're disguising their identity for a different end, but still... It should have been two categories. Disguises to lure and disguises to deflect. Because we have all the time in the world to waste other people's times with two separate categories for disguises, eh? So far. Things Velma just knows. This is a trope that really started in What's New, where Velma is just a walking encyclopedia instead of a woman who has limitations. Do you remember in Where Are You, where Fred was just like, just pull that lever, and she's like, I'm not mechanical, I can't do that. Exactly. But she could tell you what a catacomb was. That's a bad example. Everyone knows what a fucking catacomb was, but... So, here are 15 crazy things that Velma knows. The entirety of the Dewey Decimal System, that lefties slant their letters to the left, which is actually a myth, so she just thinks she knows this. The entirety of the Zatari history and lore, all linguistics. She knows linguistics. The history of gargoyles in France, how to calculate baseball statistics, the Egyptian lore of Sobek, and seemingly all Egyptian lore, the geology of underground crystals, the life story of a random prima donna, Yeti lore, computer hacking and history, History of UFO sightings. Details of the Freedom of Information Act. Well, who doesn't know that in this post-9-11 world of ours? Snowboarder jargon and Gaelic. And there's probably more. Probably. But those were the things that I found improbable. That she knows all of Gaelic but cannot understand a subtle Irish accent. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. Another one that has been with us since season one of Where Are You? Scooby Snacks eaten. I'm going to surprise you here, Amelia. Zero. There are, in fact, zero Scooby Snacks eaten. And I know what you're going to say. There wasn't there a whole episode dedicated to them eating snacks. No, I wouldn't say that. Those are sorcerer snacks. They are sorcerer snacks. Look, I got I can, you there. I can be as pedantic as you can. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I did. Sorcerer snacks. Exactly 30 Individual snacks were eaten on screen from a box that was not empty by the end of the episode, as well as 20 individual bags. I'm not sure how many Scooby Snacks, I'm not sure how many Sorcerer Snacks are in a bag, but let's go crazy and say that they're individually wrapped, making for 50 Sorcerer Snacks eaten. 
and zero Scooby Snacks. Yeah. Because even though we introduced Sorcerer's Snacks as then being Scooby Snacks. Never again. Never seen again. Not something that, that these this group loves. Is is Fred holding up okay, Amelia? Fred's not holding up okay, Billy. Why is Fred not holding up okay? Well, unlike Mystery Incorporated, where this was a uh, worrying Fred moments <laughs> when every time he did a big red flag for mental stability, we made a note. This is uh, Fred being annoyed by people, mostly Daphne. We counted every sigh, eye roll, and snarky comment. Or at least, you know, I was. I don't, Billy might have slacked on this I, because he's more generous than I well, am. Well, I, gen- I genuinely did do my best, but I think you have a better eye for that sort of thing. He does it 32 times, at least. At least. What about fears, Amelia? Are we afraid in Scooby-Doo? Well, I'm not. These fears are ridiculous. There are, uh, really, I would say two recurring... Th- well, two recurring fears and another two fears which are significant. Uh, it's Fred's fear of wits and Velma's fear of water are recurring. And then Velma is also very afraid of clowns in one episode. And Scooby is afraid of talking to a celebrity dog. I questioned whether to add in Shaggy and Scooby's hysterical fear of aliens. But I think that counts under Skib. Shaggy and Scooby being afraid of a monster, and if I counted that, it would just be literally every episode. It would be literally every every episode. I could see being lenient to aliens because they're a little different. I've I've never counted aliens as monsters. I mean, Spooky Space Kook was the ghost of an alien. That's right. a monster, but just a flat alien. That's not a monster. Hey, I I appreciate. Your lack of prejudgment. You know, aliens come to Earth, you're willing to give them a fair shot. Whereas I would point at them and go, Monster! (laughs) Just like that mutated man from the last episode, where you're (laughs) like, he's the scariest thing ever. And he was literally just a man with deformities. As soon as you pointed that out, I felt very bad. Um, Here's a category that... That I very much added. Yes, uh... You've called it jokes found in better places than be cool. Yep. I sure did name it that because that's what I was pulling. And I, I, when I watched, I tried to pull as many as I saw. And I appreciate that. We've got Shaggy and Scooby in a vending machine done in community. Them not being able to say Rick's name right, even though they are because it's just Rick. And that's found in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The old man that's playing himself in a museum, done in Futurama. The word man pewter from Futurama. Running through cactus rattlesnakes, chainsaws, a ravine, more chainsaws, which is fucking pitch perfect to that Spongebob episode. Here's one from Billy. I don't know why it's a joke. Eerie green light coming from under a door from the Disney... Directive VHS, Mr. Boogity. It was no, How no, is that no. A joke? Well, the joke is that I'm bringing up Mr. Boogity <laughs> at all, but it's not a direct VHS, Amelia. It was broadcast as an episode of the Wonderful World of Disney. Even worse, no one wanted to commit it to physical media. If you have Disney Plus, watch Mr. Boogity now. There's the traffic cop from Frosty <laughs> the Snowman. 
Billy has put in brackets, this is a direct homage, and I actually love it. I do. not a joke. I also love the Christmas pterodactyl from Community. Also found in Community. And last but not least, Blue Whale falling to Earth. Of course, Hitchhiker's Guide from the Galaxy. Where is the potted plant? Thinking, oh, not again. Would have loved it with a potted plant. Right now, it's just a whale who's likely going to die unless he lands in water. Well, here's the thing about big mammals like that. It's like, even though he had parachutes attached to him, he will land safely to Earth. His own weight is going to crush his organs. Oh, no! Don't tell me that! This is what happens to large beached animals. (laughs) What about Operation Dumbo Drop with Dennis Leary? Moving on. I don't know what you're talking about. Moving you on. don't know about Operation Dumbo Drop. They, they go to Vietnam and drop an elephant out of a plane or something like that. Reused villains or overt past references. And pretty much all to Scooby-Doo, where are you here? These are absolutely intentional, like part of the fabric of the show. Elias Kingston is seen twice. What? Where? There's a, in the VR the second time. Oh. Yeah, so really Elias Kingston and then a call back to him. When were they in VR? In, when they went to the tech AI place. Ah, okay. Me, myself, and AI. Look at how forgettable this series already is. <laughs> we just watched all this. Uh, the Phantom Shadows, of course, butchered. My boys butchered before my very eyes. There was a Yeti there who I, th- I think we could say was, was very similar to the ghost of the Yeti or even the snow ghost. Haunted Robot, Butler 3000, which they compare directly to Charlie. The Gestapo bots from Mystery Inc. seem to be reference, but that could also just be referencing Nazis. Piero is possibly a reference to Pietro, the puppet maker, in Backstage Rage. Uh, and then the Swamp Thing has the exact same plan as the Swamp Witch. More or less, yeah. And, uh, Haunted Amusement Park. Plus... Evil Clown! Evil Clown I don't consider a callback. I, evil Clown is so standard. Alright, free pass on the clowns. The Haunted Amusement Park, though. That, that, it felt straight out of Charlie's episode. Anything said on a boardwalk, that's just Charlie. Okay? You're standing on the shoulders of giants. And I don't appreciate it. <laughs> and what, and what, and Amelia? What of the Daphne du jour? The Daphne bullshit? <laughs> yeah. The Daphne bullshit. I started as a count. I was rating them from least annoying to most annoying. But Billy doesn't know how to fucking read, so he did not do that. And he just started a list. So I have. I have the first. 10 episodes that I watched ranked in terms of annoyingness of her uh, Daphne du jour bullshit. And, and then I and have then the Billy next 10. They them. are ranked in what I would like to call in order of appearance. Chronological order. So from the 10 episodes that I was uh, forced to endure again, from least annoying to most annoying, We have following the rules of a LARPing game she's playing, having bad blood with dolphins because she owes them a small amount of money, scoring what's happening around her with a piano, thinking she's telepathic, which I almost put higher 
but technically she was being quiet. And if I was with her in real life, she would just have been quiet. Stand-up comedy, wearing a fake beard, being a falconer, being a mascot, puppets, and my number one most annoying, probably of all of them, looking at the things that Billy has written down, narrating what's happening to them out loud. Well, here are uh, about 10 or 11 more, from 11 to 21. That would be 10. They are... <laughs> Objectively, <laughs> yes. Objectively, yes. Uh, they are Daphne being vehemently anti-technology. Daphne believing in aliens. Wanting to have a slumber party. Wanting to celebrate her birthday. This one, admittedly, I think is the most sensible. <laughs> being a plane enthusiast. Being a New Orleans vampire, wanting to have a snowball fight, wanting to be Irish, wanting to commune with the dead, babysitting, also reasonable, and collecting nature ranger badges. And out of those ones that are written down, narrating out loud what is happening to them is the worst. Absolutely. I, several of these I think are fine. If you want to, to babysit a kid on your birthday and collect <laughs> nature ranger badges... To reclaim a childhood you never had. All the power to you. Alright, you're gonna read the Mystery Machine mods as quickly as fucking possible. Because how much time have... We've already done 42 minutes and we still need to do huge stats. There is a lot. And some of the... I feel like you wrote some down that you knew were in future episodes. And yeah. it, it confused me greatly. But like, since I hadn't gotten there yet. Well... It's okay. We accidentally deleted the column with the totals anyway. So here are the individuals. Making the van Daphne-proof with a remote-control braking mechanism, hang glider wings, a junker mode that disguises the van as a wreck so no one robs it, a submarine mode, a UFO-type flight and hover mode, a high-tech lab mode, hot air balloon mode, a grappling hook, a crossbow that functions as another grappling hook, a stage mode with special effects, a kitchen mode, an automatic trap and unmasker, Anti-grav flight. Which was the UFO-type flight. Okay, it was once decorated for Daphne's birthday. It had a detachable roof rack. It had winged flight, which Fred later called plane mode. It has a traveling gym. It at one point was cut in half by a pterodactyl. I consider that a mod. It has jet thrusters. It has missiles. It has balloons, which could have been left over from the birthday party. It has a catapult. It can be a Megas XLR-style fighting mech suit. And it also has secret slide door peepholes, like in a speakeasy. Times they were bad friends to each other. Stop doing this! Stop being bad friends! People that have listened to all the episodes leading up to this point know that our hardiest criticism has been these character assassinations. So these are moments where we look at the gang and we go... No, don't do that. This is not a gang that would separate for a few years in adulthood and then secretly all gather together to go to a zombie island. Exactly. This is not this gang, and it hurts my soul that, that this is not that gang. It's not even one that would separate for a few years and come together to go to a spooky island. A lot of islands <laughs> in there. Uh, it's what brings to break up. Yeah, the islands bring them together. So, Damn, can we put that on a t-shirt? Islands bring them together, and maybe we get Jimmy Buffett to <laughs> endorse us. Yeah, I'll get him on the phone right now after we talk about what bad friends they are to each other. Um, 
Velma tells the gang not to mess up her university admittance. Uh, when Daphne and Velma are pushing a wheeled ladder away from a ghost, Daphne jumps on, abandoning Velma. When Shaggy says he owns Scooby and Scooby goes on a passive-aggressive friend crawl... Scooby does not support Shaggy when he shows some courage to solve the baseball mystery. The whole of the museum episode where no one listens to Fred and then don't miss him when he's not around. Daphne, Scooby, and Saggy get... <laughs> Saggy. <laughs> That's Le what's right here. Leave that in. Uh, they get they get away safely in an elevator without the others and even enjoy some gum as Fred and Velma are chased by an alien. Shaggy realizing that Scooby has never once saved his life on purpose. Everybody jamoping on Velma's <laughs> back! I can't <laughs> type quickly! Jumping with an O and then also instead of an apostrophe, it's a semicolon on Velma. <laughs> Fred accusing Shaggy of eating his tuna fish sandwich, forcing his hand down his throat. Daphne eating Fred's sandwich and watching Fred do this. Fred insisting they have a Christmas mystery that overshadows Daphne's birthday. Safter Daphne has requested him not to. Fred is the only one who can drive. Ever. Sorcerer snack bribes that move real quick into some disturbing shit. Nobody cares that Velma is dying of allergies. Fred lied about what the Day of the Dead is to get Shaggy and Scooby illegally across the border. I think this could count as kidnapping. Daphne made Velma shave her head with scissors poorly and directly before going in public. Now, here's one that probably shouldn't have rolled over from Mystery Incorporated, but did. Death Toll. Now, it's surprising who dies, Amelia. It's no humans, I'll tell you that. Is it Nazi bots? It's not Nazi bots either. It is birds! Be cool, Scooby-Doo hates birds! Violence against our avian friends. One bird is shot with a crossbow in the museum episode. And in the prison episode, three seagulls are killed by prison security systems. Unbelievable. Even more unbelievable is that they try to make Scooby-Doo modern and hip. And I don't mean the series, I mean the character. There were four separate times where I rolled my eyes at this dog. Hashtag Scooby-Doo. The struggle is real. I just can't. I'm all about Myrtos. Things that you can say them on Twitter, <laughs> but you can't say them if you are a talking dog. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a category titled United States. What the yes. fuck is this, Billy? If you remember when they went skiing, yeah. we pan over at one point and we see a, a science bunker with an American flag. Yes. That American flag only has six stars. As I pointed out at the time, yes. And you know what? That's canon. America only has six states in Be Cool Scooby-Doo. And I adhered to that while doing the distance traveled. 
Which so, we're never going to get to. We're never you going keep to. taking all these dramatic pauses. Listen, these people have waited five months for us to record this episode. I'm taking my sweet time. Here are the six states that exist in the Be Cool Scooby-Doo universe. California, and this, this is my opinion. This is what I believe. If you believe something else, that's fine. California, Nevada, Louisiana, New York, Colorado, Massachusetts. If you live in America in one of those six states, congratulations. If you live in America in a different state, fuck you. I guess you need to move. Mad Maxian hellscape. It is. It's they're just burnt out husks. Jokes about original character designs. We say uh, jokes in quotation marks because it's hardly a joke to make fun of a superior design while you look like be cool. It's one of those things where I think it would be a good joke once, but how many times does it happen? Three times. Once in virtual reality, once in an x-ray scanner, and once in a funhouse mirror. We'll see if they do it in season two. Unnecessary. Well, Amelia, there is a little competition that we always have here in the Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Doo's stat count. Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Doo's? Yeah, no negatives here. I'm I'm a positive kind of guy. Yes, that means I don't have to do any more. <laughs> Good luck, audience. Are you, are you the don'ts? Obviously. <laughs> so there's going to be two of me. <laughs> what are we going to do? Get Andy back here? No one wants that. <laughs> Andy wants that. His brother tried to invite himself on for an extended residency with the which, podcast. Which would have also meant he, like, lived here for a while. Yeah. He just texted Billy one time before the pandemic and was like, can I come up for a week and just be on the podcast? And we were like, uh, we're right in the middle of a serialized season. And no. (laughs) Most of the thing, like, how often does he think we record? Obviously, we would do it every day for multiple times a day. Golden boy, Andy Seaguire. I mean, hey, at this many months in, uh, uh, here's a little competition that we have. (laughs) The competition has to do with the catchphrases. Now, listeners, you at home are Team Jeepers, representing Daphne. I am Team Jinkies, representing Velma. And Amelia is Team Zoinks, representing Fred. People. Fred? Shaggy. <laughs> Shaggy. Fred apparently nowadays says hold the phone, yes. but we're not holding our breath, Frank. I we're not going to count that. I can't remember who we ascribed that to. I think it's non-listeners. If you are someone who does not listen to this podcast, you are team hold the phone. People who don't understand that this podcast is satire and leave stupid comments on YouTube, you are team hold the phone. We get that a lot. On our bonus episodes, because I feel I feel like that's when the Hanna Barbera people come out of the woodwork. Like just unbelievably stupid. We'll put our mission statement in their comments, calling us out for how we're not satire. And it's like, how have you missed the point by this many nautical miles? And I mean, live 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 your life. If you listen to us and you don't like us, that's cool. But don't tell me. That's, I don't want to cry. And I'm a hundred percent done with dumbasses. So I'm just I'll just call you out to your fucking faces. Anyways, hold the phone. Here's a, here- so, hold the phone. It's also interesting. I realized I should have been counting light it up. 
because Fred says light it up nearly every episode this season. But what? I, I've never once heard oh, this phrase. I realized it uh, retroactively. Light it up. Yeah, with flashlights. I only realized this uh, while watching El Bandito. <laughs> so I was not going to go back and check it. But if you were going to do a run-through of Be Cool Scooby-Doo, count the lighted ups. I want to know. That's really stupid. Uh, listeners, your team, Jeepers, zero, zero Jeepers. Even though it could have been so easy to give Daphne an episode where she's like, her bullshit of the day was being retro. Jeepers, neato. That would have been funny, actually. Segregation. Oh, no. Like... Oh, they shouldn't do that one. But... <laughs> But saying Jeepers, would, that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, Team Jinkies only gets two. I, th- I, d- I only said Jinkies twice. In the ten episodes I watched, around episode seven, I started to panic. Because I didn't have anything written down for Jinkies or Zoinks. And I was just like, have I just, like, missed every fucking time they've said it? And you, you prepped me for that. So I really had my ears open. And only two Jinkies. And drumroll... Only six zoinks. Unbelievable. We've come a long way from the 74 zoinks <laughs> yeah. over the course of five episodes in that one Richie Rich season. So, I mean, you know, wanting to get away from a lot of the classic tropes and to build their own, catchphrases are out. Well, here's a trope I hope doesn't catch on. Times that I, Amelia, had to look a man in the eye as he comes in his pants <laughs> because he really likes cheese. I didn't think you were going to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> this is once. Happens in the Yeti episode. You have to look a man in the eye. <laughs> you don't he... have to look him in the eye. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because the camera pans in on only him <laughs> as he comes in his pants from some really good cheese. So let's not have that trope catch on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where we are going to pause for our commercial break. It's a cheese commercial, <laughs> So now we move into the hard, hard stats. Property damage and distance traveled. They are not hard, hard stats. It's total bullshit. It's oh, very no. much total bullshit. <laughs> um, so property damage is items that the gang broke during the episode. Not, gang- not things that broke in general. Things that the gang is directly responsible for breaking. And Distance Traveled is our best guess on where the episode takes place and how far away it is from what we assume is their hometown, San Francisco, California. Yep. It has been San Francisco since Series 1. Because, you know, where are you? It's got piers on the beach. It's got fog. It's got an episode that takes place in a Chinatown, and San Francisco has a very large one of those. Mm-hmm. So it's just always been our analog go-to spot for the gang. So all distance traveled starts in San Francisco, goes to the distance, goes back to San Fran, and I th- we round it to a round trip. I think it really makes sense for this series as well, because this series builds off Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? so heavily. Billy is prompting me to ask him about <laughs> property damage. But first, uh, either I don't, I don't, I just, I know, I know the information here that's not written down. First, I would like to just point out that he did it in an Excel sheet, and I always do it in a doc where I write 
a little story about the travels they take, but Billy just has this in cold, calculated Excel columns. The story, so, the story's in my head, Amelia. The story's in my heart. Distance Traveled Episode 1, Mystery 101. Velma is going to a prestigious university, so that is a guess at Boston. Yeah, because there are universities in Boston, Massachusetts. And Massachusetts is one of the six existing states. So a round trip to Boston is 3,133 kilometers or miles? This what is, did you this count is, it That's in? miles, and it's actually only the one-way distance, because I just doubled everything. If you give me 30 seconds, I can give you the true... The truth that you ask for okay. under this column. So the actual round distance is 6,266 miles. Yes. That seems like a lot, but I suppose it is a distance between California and Massachusetts. And also, I did this on Google Maps as the driving distance. Yeah. So it's not as the crow flies. It's as the van travels. Which is how it's always been, Billy. I have never calculated this via crow. Not even in the crow-centric episodes? <laughs> in Mystery 101, we do have some damage. There is a large framed portrait of a university founder. Like, it's at least four foot by three foot. Uh, and you know what? To commission a portrait like that, it's gonna cost you $25,000. So we're already starting off pretty high. Then there's a vending machine that serves fresh hot food. I found one coming out of Japan that I could have bought for $4,479. Glad you didn't. Uh, they destroyed some terracotta shingles uh, on, on a roof at one point. I'm assuming that there was about 10 feet worth of those shingles destroyed. Uh, it cost about $25 per square foot to replace. So that's $250. And then they knock down some shelves in a prestigious university library. Not some shelves. All the shelves. Every damn shelf. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm letting them off the hook for that one. Oh, those librarians are going to hate you. They are. And I do apologize, librarian, but this is one of like the final five things I was trying to calculate when we just had to call it. We just had to call it and start recording. So, starting off the first episode with that. Game of Chicken. Manitou Springs, Colorado. Billy, how did you come to this conclusion? I believe I wrote down that it was somewhere with... What did I write down? I, I'm pretty sure I wrote down a, a cliffy area with yeah. a native habitat. You did. Not you... habitat. Ooh, that sounded wrong. A native... I'll just say the whole thing again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wrote down, like, what, a, a hilly area with, like, cliff dweller type? Cliff dwellings, yes. Now, I looked up uh, where uh, Native Americans may have lived in cliff dwellings. Keep in mind, I was limited to six states. But one of them did also, seem to be... Also, keep in mind, it wasn't technically cliffs. It was a cave that they moved into. That is very true, but I you wrote cliff dwellings, and I looked for that. I'm pretty sure I just meant that as, like, a a general statement. I'm sorry I didn't clear it up I, to you I, well, before shoving this Amelia, burden I'm, on you. Amelia, I'm going to be honest. The Manitou Springs cliff, cliff dwellings looked identical to what I was looking for. Well, good. Colorado. 
a round trip, 2,586 kilometers. Uh, in that episode, nothing really destroyed. They were in a cave system. Can't destroy things in a cave. Not allowed. All paws on deck. The Caribbean. A non-U.S. Billy yeah. has all in capital. It's not a state. <laughs> so it doesn't, have to, it doesn't have to be in one of the six states. What a ridiculous thing you've put on yourself <laughs> that it has to be in one of these six it states. It made this terrible, to be honest. I'm going to have a hell of a time next season if they go anywhere named. So now, the Caribbean, did you do them driving from California to Florida where you would get on a Caribbean cruise? No. So what is this kilometer? That is how far San Francisco is from the Caribbean. I couldn't find any driving distance to the Caribbean islands. See, because this is where I would have stepped in and said they'd drive to, like, Miami, get on a boat, and then the boat goes back to Miami and they drive back to California. You're a lot better at this than I am. Why are we even doing this stack Because <laughs> we do it every time. Eight. And we're gonna get through it. 5,654 miles next. <laughs> uh, nothing was destroyed and all paws on deck either. Again, you're on a cruise ship. Anything goes. <laughs> Poodle Justice, New York, New York. 5,880 Miles round trip. Because it did feel like sort of a Law and Order type episode that they were showing, and it, it felt like New York architecture, Manhattan. Worked for me. Uh, two items were destroyed in Poodle Justice. A rack of audio and visual equipment, uh, primetime television quality. I did a little bit of research on this and decided arbitrarily that it would cost $10,000. Uh, a full cement truck's load of concrete... That I actually have a concrete answer for. It will cost you 1470 for a full load. And if you'll notice, on, on this Excel sheet, I've actually linked where I got most of this information from. So I'm actually, I'm accountable for these numbers this time. Grand scam. Now you wrote down San Francisco even though didn't I write down a town probably bordering San Francisco? Yeah, you could throw a couple miles on there if you like. Okay, well, it's a it's a hometown mystery that is exactly 0 miles round trip. Thanks for your input, Billy. I the distance traveled, it's the reason we we moved to you doing the distance traveled. I just can't wrap my head around it. Around distances and getting from place to place. Why would you ever leave a place? In Grand Scam, uh, three items are broken. The first is off screen. So I can't count it. I can't count what Daphne breaks off screen. But there are two sets of double glass doors. That will be $1,500. And 70% of baseball related merchandise in a gift shop. Uh, I actually found a link that told me that for inventory in a souvenir shop, you're likely looking at $4,000. Okay. What does Daphne break off screen, though? I need to know, Billy. She, Daphne breaks something off screen in the Baseball Hall of Fame area. You, well, you should have taken a guess. This was an episode that you covered. Yeah, and you should have taken I should have a taken, guess. She breaks... Based on this... Okay. Somewhere in the Hall of Fame area... You know what? What does she break? Sure. She breaks a Greek vase. 
her she age. She breaks that old man that was playing himself in an exhibit. In the Baseball Hall of Fame, <laughs> Daphne breaks a Greek vase for $83. Thank you, Billy. In trading chases, zero miles traveled because they are once again in San Francisco. And they break a whole bunch here. A suit of armor, $800. A framed diagram of a thumbprint in a museum exhibit about mystery solving. I said this is probably a big poster that got printed for $142. It's a really good quality glissé. Uh, a Greek vase is $83. Oh, I hope it's not the matching one of the ones she broke. In oh the my god. Of fame. <laughs> they were a pair. A section of velvet rope you can buy for $30.95. And a long neck dinosaur skeleton. I read such an interesting article on why you shouldn't privately own fossils. Uh, but it did tell me that one was sold for, I believe, $2.3 million! Why shouldn't I privately own a fossil? Because uh, currently, they are out of the price range for museums and scientists to buy. And they actually use them for forwarding our science and understanding. Instead of just, you know... Nick Cage, owning a Triceratops. Okay, a whole Triceratops, maybe. But what's the problem with me going to that curio shop that's in Toronto and buying a Spinosaurus claw? Or well, that might be fine, too. This or... was more about, like, this particular one was actually an unnamed, like, an unnamed species of sauropod. And now just someone owns it. Instead of science 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 should own the bones donate your bones to science people it's cool and if you're a dinosaur oh it's even better party like it's 1899 billy you once again put us in boston why i had good reasoning why this wouldn't be boston you you had a really nice write-up on how it could be sort of like the mansion from clue which took place in in Maine, I believe in you had? New England. New England. New England consists of seven states, yes. I believe. And it can... I, I believe I wrote down like Newport, Rhode Island or something. Somewhere near cliffs. Somewhere that's not a fucking major city, Billy Seawire. I'm, I'm sorry, Amelia. You couldn't give me a round trip ticket to just like... Maine or Rhode Island? They don't exist. Of, of I the states hate that, that you've done this. <laughs> I wish you had just given me a location where they were, and I would have fucking done the distance traveled. Uh, um, Amelia, out of all the states that make up New England, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Rhode Island, only Massachusetts exists. And Boston seemed like a place that it would be. However many miles I said Boston was before, that's where they're going again. Apparently. Because Billy can't fathom that this stupid six-star joke... I made a joke that is really just... It made everything so much worse. Uh, here's what got broken that episode. A Victorian-era teapot for $79.95. A lamp for $50. A marble bust of a man for $1,800. A second marble bust of a man for $1,250. A vase. So you value the second man less. I do. I hate that second man. A vase for $20. And a staircase banister 
for $700 from a quote that I found to build a new banister that fell way too high. Scream Madonna. Hometown, zero miles. I used to give them like a round trip of 10 miles because they, I used to- They'd move around a little bit? You know, I, they'd go on like a snack food crawl in between all the mysteries. I am disappointed in myself because when I, when I did Shaggy and Scooby-Doo get a clue, I feel like my distance traveled was a lot more loving. I, this last while, I've been at my wit's end. And we just need to get through this. However, I was very excited in Screamadala to talk about the chandelier. Because I looked up the most expensive chandelier I could find. A beautiful crystal chandelier meant to be in a heritage theater. You know how much it cost? $95,357.99. When you're that close to $100,000, do I care about the cents? Kitchen Frightmare? Zero miles. San Francisco. You said it was hometown, so uh, two metal trash cans. That's going to be $200 each, so that's $400. Industrial trash cans seem way too expensive. And the entire kitchen of a gourmet restaurant. If you want to totally redo a kitchen in a restaurant, it is going to cost you $250,000. That's your startup money right there. Because you know what? They didn't save that restaurant. He's going to have to start somewhere new. Me, myself, and AI. Cupertino, California? Is that what that's called? I, yes. And you is know, that what Silicon Valley's name is? I specifically chose uh, at the Apple compound. Where, Why are you adding so many extra letters to things? Screamadala? We've been recording for like an hour and a half. This is as much as my mouth can handle. <laughs> I... All right, it's so... The, uh, yeah, Apple Computers. That's where their headquarters is. We are is. in Silicon Valley, 87.6 miles. We got a we got a decimal point in that for some reason. Uh, Daphne crushes a rolling service cart for $299. Fred destroys a room's worth of floor-to-ceiling glass windows. And high-rise windows cost a lot to replace, because you got to get cranes up there... It's expensive glass in the first place, and apparently it's going to be a big issue in a few years uh, when, you know, the big boom in glass condos is needs to get replacements. $50,000 to replace those windows. Fred also blasts a hole in a wall. I looked up how much does a wall cost? $2,677. He also destroys at least 32 drones blasting them with his laser arm. Uh, I I looked up, you can get a really, really good drone for $1,600, so that's $51,200. Also, uh, a big logo falls at one point onto a walkway and destroys a fountain. I don't know how much that costs. So that is insurance money. Area 51 adjacent. What the fuck is test and training? Why didn't you just write down Area 51? That is that sp- the specific... If you expand it, it's like... Yeah, the Nevada tra- test and training range. It's like specifically where Area 51 is. I couldn't find any driving instructions on how to get to Area 51. So the, the miles traveled is for an adjacent area. Which is probably the right thing to do. 874 miles. Uh, they destroy... 
One wired computer mouse with no scroll wheel. I actually found one with an IBM logo available on Amazon for $20. Hurry, there's only one left. Real to real components, there are $199. One wall again for uh, $2,677. You're not going to bump that up? It's a military wall, it really. Is, it is military wall, but they do destroy a second one. So I'm doubling that number. And then there's the alien spaceship, which the gang destroys. And I realize now, is never actually explained in episode. But I'm assuming that this is like some sort of insane, top secret uh, military... Tech, yeah. Yeah. What was that plane recently that Trump thought went literally invisible? Like, it was something like $2 billion a plane or some shit. Well, I don't know about that one, but the B-2 Spirit certainly did cost $2.2 billion. So that's what I've put down here. $2.2 billion so far. Where there's a will, there's a wraith. Uh, This is Estes Park, Colorado. Is that where The Shining happens? That's where The Shining happens. This is a round trip of 2,336 miles. Uh, here, a room full of barrels full of sodium maldehyde uh, get unorganized and several lost. So I had to look up how much is a barrel of sodium maldehyde, and I feel like I'm definitely on a watch list right now. Um, it's It's $137.25 per barrel. Uh, so I assume maybe about 10 of these are lost for uh, $13.72.50. Dude, a whole mansion explodes because the basement is filled with this shit. 10 well, this... barrels? 10 barrels are lost in an earlier scene. Then later on, a minimum of four feather pillows, $50 each for $200. A painting of a scared man for $30,000. <laughs> I bumped this up from the other number because it's a really fun pose. Uh, one unknown painting for $25,000. Another segment of Bannister for $700. And then, finally, someone says a value in the episode. It is a $25 million house, but it is destroyed by the Will's executor. Do you... Technically? Technically. Technically... Fine. I will not blame the Scooby Gang for this, because this is Peanuts. Compared to Area 51. <laughs> yeah, but it's more fun, too, so I included it in my total anyways. Excellent. Scary Christmas, Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Now, is this the most Christmassy place in the continental United States you could find? This is the place where Norman Rockwell spent the majority of the end of his life. His, his final years, what influenced a lot of his, his art in the late stages, Stockbridge, Massachusetts. So I think Rockwellville is a great choice. Round trip, 5,952 miles. And what gets destroyed here? Well, there's one wasted use of wrapping paper. That's a service that'll cost you $5.99 at any holiday wrapping store. Uh, A giant inflatable Santa. I found one that was 50 feet tall for 9,900. They lose a horse at one point. If that horse is not recovered, that's about a $3,000 value. Not to mention, you know, the soul of a horse, which is priceless. And uh, store signage. uh, $2,710 for signage of that caliber. If you can't Scooby-Doo the time, don't Scooby-Doo the crime, San Francisco. Alcatraz. 
obviously, yeah, that's a beefed up Alcatraz yeah. that they go to. Zero miles, even though I'm pretty sure Alcatraz is a recordable amount of miles off the coast of San Francisco, but... I, again, <laughs> I have no idea how to calculate this kind of thing. The only thing that gets destroyed in this episode is one fake paper wall. One piece of paper costs ten cents. <laughs> Gremlin on a plane. Long Beach, California. It looks to be the place in California where they did planes. I looked up where planes are made in the United States, and that seemed to be one of them. I know that it, Big Earl was a Texan man, but Texas does not exist. And I see you did not mark down the trip that they make to New York because they, like, crash in Times Square. No, they crash in, like, a farmer's field. Do they? They definitely do, because I was almost going to record that amount of farmland that was lost. Oh, okay. I must yeah. be thinking of something else then. But still, I, I feel like they've gone more than 894 miles. That just... Feels wrong. It's a luxury plane. You'd be up there for weeks. But it's not burning gas on the van. But it's still distance traveled. I calculate the van usage later. Well, what gets destroyed in that plane? Uh, two sets of elevator doors. $5,500. One windshield of a plane. $26,000. That shit's expensive. And uh, the plane itself crashes! And if we're looking at this as the largest passenger plane in the world, which is the Airbus A380 Super Jumbo Jet, that is actually going to cost you $500 million. Still pretty low compared to that stealth plane. This shit is so overpriced. $2.2 billion to build a plane for the military? What the fuck is all that? Wire costs 25 cents per foot. Most <laughs> Most of a plane is wires. Most. I don't understand. This is our second shirt of the show, is most of a plane is wires. Sorcerer Snack Scare. Why are they in Hollywood, Billy? Because the, the they were making commercials there. The Piero is very versed in animatronics. Felt like a movie town. 844 miles round trip. One dessert cart loaded with treats. I am throwing a hundred dollar bill at that and moving on. Multiple industrial bags of flour. I actually do have a link for it. $75. I think that's for like five big bags. If you want flour, buy it industrially. Uh, one set of chains for $75.95. Ruined my search history again. And much wasted dough which I'm throwing a $50 bill at. <laughs> Saga of the Swamp Beast. New Orleans, Louisiana. Nice round trip of 4,600 miles. And here, all that's destroyed is one large flower pot for $60. Be cold, Scooby-Doo, Tahoe region. It's where they've skied all their lives. 428 miles for the round trip. And, and they don't even leave California, Billy, so shut up about them ending up in the wasteland. And nothing is even destroyed other than some snow. In Giant Problems, we are in Ireland, which is a heftier round trip at 10,000, which is a heftier trip at just under 11,000 miles. 
and they destroy a 700-year-old castle. I was willing to say the giant destroyed this, but Velma takes personal responsibility. <laughs> so who am I to argue? I looked up castles in Ireland, and I actually got mad at how much more affordable they are than houses in Toronto. I want to own a house one day. Uh, so I bumped it up a little bit to at least a castle with electricity. Uh, actually, no, it was because on this article I found, I found one that was exactly 700 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, and it cost $7,736,885. Next up, Eating Crow, Central Valley, California, 402 round trip. You can farm, you can oh, farm yeah. in California. 402 miles round trip. You can farm things in California. I felt that was a fair thing to say. Uh, a palm's worth of eggs, four dollars. Uh, an original survey for a property. You're looking at five hundred dollars to get a new survey done now. After Velma Dunn sneezed on it. Uh, one scarf for sixty-seven dollars. I went on Etsy. I looked for a nice hand knit scarf. I Scooby Dooby Doo. Billy seems to think took place in San Francisco. Zero miles. The kids know these people. You're gonna get married near your family. And there was literally nothing else to tell me where it was. A, a, a locket's destroyed here. A flower pot for $60. A blender for $212.49. Like it's one of those good blenders. Toaster for $30. Shit toaster. <laughs> Two waffle makers. $400. Two punch bowls. $600. Yeah, you feel real bad about buying that toaster for them now, don't you? A vase, a glass, uh, two vases, a glass, and three plates, $60 total there. A cake is hit by a meteor, but that isn't the gang's fault. <laughs> and uh, one rented bridesmaid dress for $150. El Bandito takes us to Mexico. Where in Mexico, Billy? Mexico City. <laughs> we went to Mexico City. I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. Went to Mexico City for a round trip of 7,000 miles for just under 7,100 miles. Daphne stole a cookie sign, which probably cost $795. Probably cost. I, I have a link for this one. I looked up handmade wooden signs. And I looked up ones that would be used commercially. I actually did more research into this than was possibly valid. I just mean I don't definitively know. First off, okay, there's no way they're in Mexico City, because it was a small town I'm remembering now. Yes. Second off, I I don't want to come off as rude to Mexican cookie stores, but if you're opening a cookie store in a small Mexican town, you're probably just going to hand paint your own sign. And I that value- piece of wood is not going to cost seven. I value that- Cookie store owner's time and effort at $795. But not mine, because you just bullshit this distance traveled. They crashed into a snack stand, like before for merch, that's $4,000 worth of inventory. They crashed into a souvenir stand, $4,000 worth of inventory. <laughs> what did they crash into it with? With a hospital crash cart, that's $1,200. 
Also, a few extra sugar skulls were destroyed, and I throw a $50 build, bill at it. We have three more episodes left to go. Into the mouth of Madcap, Coney Island, because it's the only pier Billy thinks exists, and oh, because New York exists as a state. Ruined yourself and this distance traveled for no reason. 5,916 miles. The only thing that breaks here is an old board on the boardwalk, and this is actually a problem that Coney Island has been having for a long time now. Pretty much anywhere besides the amusement district is not getting the maintenance that is required, even though it was declared a heritage spot. There's only so much maintenance they have to go around. So, Brooklynites, I feel ya. I hope that boardwalk gets repaired. The Norse case scenario. Why Niagara Falls? I looked up national parks that, you know, that were in America that, you know, Vikings might have gone to. You said maybe it was Canada, but I really did feel that they were still in America in this episode. So I went as close to Canada as I could. And Niagara Falls is in New York, which, as we all know, is a state that exists. Sure. 5,412 miles. Oh, also they go down a waterfall at one point. It's not Niagara Falls. It's not Niagara Falls. Man, you could have made an argument that they were in Newfoundland, but no. You went stupid. (laughs) There's there's a jail cell outer wall, and as we all know, walls cost $2,677. And last, and certainly least, the People vs. Fred Jones... Gilman, Colorado. Why? I looked up abandoned towns in the USA, specifically ones that were abandoned because of toxicity. And Gilman, Colorado was one that A, was in a state that I knew existed, and B, was abandoned for being toxic in the 1800s. 2,322 miles for a round trip to Beautiful Gilman, Colorado. And, uh, hey, there's one moving truck rearview mirror that gets knocked off here. That's 328 parts in labor. And then a segment of fence, $40 per linear foot. I'm saying that's a $200 repair for a chain link fence. I don't know how to read your total calculations of what's happened here. So, Billy... Take us through total calculations for distance traveled first. Well, Amelia, the total miles traveled for all of their distance there and back again is 78,371.6 miles. Now, as we've always said, the Mystery Machine is a Ford Econoline. This van will get 10 miles per gallon in the city and 17 miles per gallon on the highway. So let's combine city and highway driving and say they're getting 14 miles per gallon on the van, on average. We get approximately 5,597.97 gallons of gas burned through. In 2015, the cost of gas per gallon was $2.43. So... 5,597.97 times 2.43 gets us a cost of $13,603.07 in American currency. Adjusted for today's inflation rate, 
which is 11% from 2015 to 2021, and that's $15,099.41 spent on their mystery addiction. And keep in mind, this is ga just gas money. It doesn't account for oil changes, breakdowns, or plane and boat tickets. Excellent. Now, take us through the $2.2 billion worth of property damage. Oh, Amelia, you are so underestimating it. Because $2.2 billion was just for that one plane. What you're actually looking at is a total damage of $2,735,664,212.92. Adjusted for inflation, in the year 2021, the gang would actually be paying $3 billion, 36 million. $587,276.34. Now, I know they found some treasure in Mexico, but I don't think that covers it. <laughs> no, because the mayor claimed that. Exactly! They, they maybe got a few coins that dropped out of her net, but that's certainly not going to pay for everything here. Now, depending on how rich Daphne's family is... This could easily be covered. Because uh, if Jeff Bezos paid his fair share in taxes, it would be less than $3 billion on his, like, what does he have now? A trillion worth of I'd, fucking I'd Probably wealth. close to that. Also, you so, know that, that plane, when it was first introduced in 1987, I believe, from uh, this is just from memory, the U.S. had initially ordered 125 of them. When they got the final bill, they adjusted that and ordered one. They ordered one. Where are they ordering it from, if not their own fucking people? If Sears. If their own engineer corps. Guess what it costs. All that wire. <laughs> Alright, so that's it. Oh, finally. We're through this stack count thing. What is coming up next? I don't know. Then I will check. I didn't write it down anywhere. It's been like five months since we've recorded a podcast episode. I forgot our formula. It's fine. You know, it's just, it's been about 3.6 years and I think we did pretty well considering jumping into a stack count episode is nice and easy on the throat. Coming up next is Lego Scooby-Doo Nighttime Terror from November 2015. I got a joke about nighttime. It's nighttime now, and I'm going to bed. And on that note, that's it from Scooby Dooby Us to Scooby Dooby You. Since Billy seems to have gone catatonic. <laughs> Just so tired, Amelia.